0: Welcome to Sexual Craftsmanship, the podcast that teaches you how to develop sexual confidence and become a better lover using a system of practice suited for dating and sex in today's world. No experience necessary. And now, here's your host, certified sex coach, sociologist, and mega nerd, Sarah Martin. Hello, craftsmen. How are you doing today? Ah, it has been a pretty excellent day on my side. I was out walking around a lot, indulging in one of my favorite vices. Uh, That's a little game called Pokemon Go. Any Pokemon Go fans, hands up. (laughs) I see you. I feel you. My day aside, I'm really excited to be here with you today because we've got a very special episode for you. This is the very first Her Side episode of the Sexual Craftsmanship podcast. And on the Her Side episodes, I'll be interviewing guests to get Her Side of the dating, sex, and relationship experience. For a lot of men in STEM, feedback is what makes or breaks a project, right? Feedback is what can make the difference between pleasure and despair, In my experience, feedback is something that a lot of guys crave both at work and also in their relationships. I think that's pretty normal for systems thinkers. But most of the time, there's not a chance to receive feedback when it comes to dating or sex. I mean, has it ever happened for you, right, where you wish that that someone could just tell you why they didn't text you back or why they didn't go on the second date. What did you do? That if you had that feedback, maybe you could learn from it and iterate for the next time. While it's not exactly the same as getting direct feedback about yourself, it's, it's a way to gain a little bit of insight about what the other side of the experience is like. And I should mention every guest that I have for the Her Side episode series of this podcast either has dated, is dating, is married to, or in one form or another has partnerships with men in STEM. They, they really have the inside scoop, <laughs> to put it that way. Now, important, these interviews that I share here on the podcast are excerpts from extended interviews. Most of these interviews are around an hour long. This episode, you might have noticed, isn't an hour long. It's probably more like 25 minutes. And that is because the full, extended, and only roughly cut and edited interview is available for my patrons only over on my Patreon. So if you would like to support this podcast, please head over to patreon.com forward slash Sarah Martin, and you can find all the details there. And when you become a patron, you will have access to the full interview with our very first guest, Maple. So I'm going to let Maple introduce herself now in her own words.
1: I'm a 20 year, I'm a 20 something year old woman who's studying uh, chemical engineering and I'm dating a guy in another field of engineering and the reason I really wanted to talk to you today is because uh, generally I haven't actually dated dated men in STEM and since I started studying and hanging out and like I uh, my side hustle is working in science communication so basically working uh, with science and people in science, I've noticed that nerds are really awesome partners and really awesome friends. And I think they're passed up on way too much for the wrong reasons. And yeah, I would really like to talk about it.
0: So as I think you can tell, Maple is going to offer us a unique and interesting perspective on the experience of dating, sex, and relationships with men in STEM. We're going to pick up now with the interview. We're at about the 25-minute mark in, in terms of the extended interview. And Maple's just about to dive into telling us the ninja skill, secret superpowers she notices that men in STEM possess in this realm like does your partner have any ninja skills like things that are just incredibly great um, about so many. Da- dating him that that he is maybe entirely unaware of or might even consider a downside that oh. for you is just total upside
1: oh 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 uh asking a ton of questions
0: <laughs> Ooh, tell me more so uh,
1: when you're dating someone you might not want to be too invasive. Maybe you don't want to scare them off by asking two personal questions. But when you're with someone like me who just wants to talk to you and get to know you and, you know, and as long as you respect me, if I say no to your question, you're ask whatever I love, like just follow up question after follow up question. And then like, well, what if this, what if that conversations become so interesting when someone is genuinely listening listening, and is like actually analyzing what you're saying and is trying to find different aspects of it and maybe trying to understand it because it's not communicated in a way that that uh, is obvious to someone who isn't neurotypical. Who knows? Anyway, it becomes super cool conversation where you analyze things in like completely new perspectives that you've never gotten to do with other people. And for him, that's just like, asking the questions he wants to ask mm-hmm. but for me that's awesome
0: well yeah to to be interesting be interested mm-hmm. is is something that i often find myself repeating and on the other side of the coin then too i'm wondering have you noticed anything like that is just kind of an instant turn off that maybe he doesn't even know is off-putting and and maybe not just your partner, but that you've observed in other men in STEM where maybe they think they're doing something awesome and it's just like, no.
1: Oh, oh. So one thing that I noticed that is completely absent from my partner, which makes him totally super attractive, but is present in a lot of men is the whole, it's too complicated. You wouldn't understand.
0: Oh, 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 oh. Say some more about that. oh.
1: I'm. It It is my firm belief that if you cannot explain what you are doing or what your occupation is or what your interest is to someone uninitiated, maybe even a five-year-old, you don't get it. You don't understand it enough. You don't have a full grasp on yes. it. You have yes. to be able to explain it. Is it really that hard? Just... Practice. Why not? Practice. I work in science communication. That's what I do all the time. It's actually a f- it's actually a really fun challenge to try to under- explain really complex things in a very intuitive manner. And I'm just like, if I can under if I can explain quantum physics and Rayleigh scattering and all of that to you, then you can explain <laughs> what you do to me.
0: <laughs> yes, preach. Oh, <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I need to just take that clip and spread it all over the the internet. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so, and then and then on this theme, and this maybe just thinking about men in general, like what just does not matter that you see men making a big deal of when it comes to dating, sex and relationships.
1: I I'd say that this is a really hard question because especially men in STEM, uh, don't really let you in on their thought process for the most, for the most part during, during dating. But I would say maybe gifts or paying for stuff, but maybe that's because I'm, I'm Swedish. So, but I find it really weird when people are stressed out about paying for a date or like buying someone flowers. I I don't know.
0: So you mean like worrying about who should pay for what? Mm-hmm. Or
1: mm-hmm. but of course that depends on country, I think, and culture.
0: Is it in Sweden, is it normal to split the bills, for example, on dates, or what normally happens?
1: Uh usually you split the bill, yeah. Or if you're like just if you just wanna make sure that he's not a misogynist, you'll just go, I pay for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> just as a oh. b- beginning power move but yeah and also just like the traditional rules of dating i think that's what i'm trying to say the traditional rules of dating like uh having flowers or complimenting her on uh, like a generic compliment i would (laughs) say that uh something that's really impactful is if you can find a detail a single detail that you think is genuinely cool or nice Something that isn't her hair or her clothes or her figure. Never her figure. (laughs) But something like, oh my God, I just noticed that the logo on your shirt matches the green in your hair. Just something that makes it just a detail that will make a person feel like you're really paying attention in a nice way, usually.
0: I like that. And that's a very good suggestion to make that, you know, you don't have to invent something or memorize a script, like just say what's true. Because remember, just like you can't read your partner's mind, she can't read yours either. Mm -hmm. And so letting them into something that you notice that's genuinely cool is actually a lot more genuine than being like, that's a nice dress.
1: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
0: And here, I'm just wondering also in kind of general terms, for you, what makes a man sexy? And also for you, what makes a man unattractive?
1: Um, A man is sexy if he can explain things, one. If If he's nice. If he's nice to you and people around him,
0: And I just want to butt in here because the word nice is often quite Mm -hmm. triggering for a lot of guys. You know, there's this trope of the nice guy, right? Mm -hmm. So could you say a little bit about for you, what does nice mean?
1: Well, the lowest of the low standards would be like basic niceness is don't say anything that offends me and don't like don't do anything that offends me. So touch me when I don't want you to touch me or something like that. Uh, The next level of niceness would probably be being engaged, never negging anyone in a conversation. So when someone says, this is my interest, you never, you never, never, never answer in a negative manner where you put that down. After that, a third level of niceness would probably be like helping someone out or something but that's 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 like rom-com levels of niceness but maybe just saying something nice about a friend so that I know that you care Mm -hmm. about other people and appreciate them and also if you can mention that you have a good relationship with your mother or another woman I would I would be relieved
0: (laughs) Mm mm-hmm Yeah, there's a a classic example that's given, which is uh, watch how your date treats waitstaff. Watch Mm -hmm. how they interact with service workers. And that can be a pretty good gauge of if the mask is down, what's this person like generally? So I hear you on that. So please do continue. What else makes a man sexy in your eyes?
1: Enthusiasm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Enthusiasm about their own interests, but also, oh my god, this is the best. When someone when you when you bring up an interest and they go, I know nothing about that, but please tell me more.
0: Ooh
1: yes. Willingness to engage in things you don't know about.
0: Mmm, nice. <laughs> there we go. Pour the aphrodisiac oh. on that one.
1: Like just just being able to or rather uh, feeling safe enough to ask questions and show that there is something that you don't know. I think that that is so important to be able to do. And someone who does that, I'm just like, yes, you and me, baby.
0: (laughs) Give me your number. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the same time, so what makes a man unattractive?
1: Being negative about a lot of things, uh, and I think mm-hmm. that it can be it can be hard to see that you are negative about a lot of things, uh but sometimes I will notice that, and actually, my partner did that in the beginning uh before I talked to him about it, so basically, he would like say that, "Oh, I think it smells in here, or oh that that roof on that building we're walking past doesn't really look that nice." Or, oh, mm-hmm. that tree is dead, I guess, you know, just unnecessarily, <laughs> <laughs> just unnecessary negative comments about things you're seeing and no positive comments. So what happened then was that I genuinely just went like, you you realize I'm not dating you to hear your negative commentary on, on my life. Like, it doesn't contribute <laughs> to me. And he was just like, oh, shit. Okay. And then he stopped it. So uh, sometimes you just don't realize it. But I think it's worth thinking about. What kind of mix of comments do you give? And is your perspective always negative on
0: things? Well, you know, and this is maybe a good moment to call out something that I see a lot. Guys, I see you cut the shit with the self-deprecation. Yes! Like, <laughs> it's so unattractive. And I, one thing I do is I help my clients with dating profile refreshes. Mm-hmm. And I find that over and over, I'm going through and just, shoveling out the shit of, like, shitting all over oneself. So these really self-deprecating comments. And I think it stems from a place of insecurity a lot of the time or nervousness in general about dating. Mm -hmm. But on the basis of what you've just said, like, would that also factor into this, like, idea of the unnecessary negativity?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, if you like, if you tell me that you like the flute, I want to be, oh, my God, cool. Tell me more about the flute and not just hear you follow it up with. So I guess I'm a nerd. Ha ha ha. Nobody likes the flute. No, you like the flute. So I can (laughs) like the flute, you know. (laughs) So self-deprecation. I I understand that sometimes it feels like if I say it first, it won't hurt as much if she says it.
0: Mm. Yes.
1: The same way that some women can feel, I don't want to make this demand because what if he doesn't fulfill it or what if he just brushes it aside?
0: mm mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yes. And that's where looking at yourself and building up your confidence and your own mental health makes, it gives you a better perspective on life. It makes, it makes life nicer genuinely and it makes you a nicer person to be around as in a more happy and confident and positive person which most people are attracted to
0: thank you for for fleshing that out a bit and speaking of flesh i'd love to ask some questions very specifically about sex Mm -hmm. so the the first one i'm wondering is how do you know for yourself when you would like to have sex with a partner so How do you make that transition from like, we're just dating or in your case that you mentioned before, we're great friends to, hey, actually, I'd quite like to have sex with this person.
1: Well, honestly, I've uh, I'm a person where if I find you a good friend, I just why not? Why not sleep with you? So I I have slept with uh, most of my friends because if I like you enough to be friends with you, I generally like you enough to sleep with you.
0: Hmm. So it's kind of like sex can be another facet of friendship.
1: Absolutely. So I won't sleep with you if you're like in a monogamous relationship. But Mm. if we're just like if we're close friends or if we're good friends and we happen to be in a situation where maybe we're alone or we're very close to each other physically, why not? If the mood strikes...
0: That's thank you for for sharing that, because I think there is this idea that's quite pervasive in society and especially amongst a lot of men that sex is something women have to be convinced to do or that women don't actually like sex and guys patently. And I will repeat this until I'm blue in the face. That is not true. Mm -hmm. And again, women aren't a monolith, right? But here we go. I'm speaking with Maple today, and she's just confirmed, you know, we not like an anomaly. Right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And sex is just like a really nice activity to do, to do together, especially if you're good friends and you feel comfortable with each other. It's just it's fun and it's nice.
0: Well, maybe it's a good moment to ask. Well, so what makes sex awesome for you?
1: Mm, personal chemistry. Yeah. I, I can't sleep with someone if I can't look them in the eyes. Okay. But after that I just find like it's fun in the same way that doing any activity together could be fun. And it feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> what makes me uh what makes me What makes sex good for me is when I feel very comfortable with the person and I feel comfortable that they won't do things that I don't want them to do, which I will usually Mm -hmm. tell them, like, don't do this or that. And if I if I'm sleeping with them, I trust them enough to know that if I say it, they won't do it. Uh, I also love when people actually check in during sex. It Mm. doesn't destroy the moment. It really doesn't.
0: Thank you. thank you it just makes
1: me feel safe (laughs) and that makes me feel good you know so absolutely always check in and let me check in on you too and well vocalizing so like if you if you want to well one moan i love noise especially from men but also uh If you want to change positions, don't just try to manhandle me into the position. (laughs) Ask me, do you want to do doggy?" And I will say, okay. Or I will say, no, I don't know. It depends. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, communication. I want to trust you and I want to be able to talk to you.
0: So checking in, asking questions before Mm -hmm. shifting activities, all really good general practice unless you've negotiated ahead of time. Yeah. Love it. So... I mean, a a question here as well, then. So what do you wish men would do more of during sex?
1: Hmm. Maybe like ask, how do you do it? Or ask, is this nice? Just checking in. uh, And also, oh, this is like so trivial, but uh, or a very specific thing. But when you're fingering a person. I really like when you like, can rest a part of the hand on like my pubic bone or something and not just, uh, just finger gunning straight in the air. Because <laughs> when you're doing that and you're thrusting, the fingers will go like in all kinds of directions. And it doesn't seem like it to you because you're outside of me, but I can mm-hmm. feel nails against the mm. walls of my vagina. So it's really nice if you can like rest some other part of the hand on like a thigh or on a pubic bone because that really stabilizes a lot
0: yes and like cut and file those nails Mm -hmm. ahead of time if finger banging is on the cards that's just good general consideration Yeah,
1: and generally a lot of people don't really enjoy very like hard finger banging Mm -hmm. so just pressure is really something that does more than
0: people realize amen to that Mm -hmm. and uh on a similar note so what do you wish men would just stop doing during sex
1: well the finger banging thing (laughs) Um, (laughs) and just it is perfectly fine if you don't stay rock hard during the whole time Mm. you don't have to hide it or like try to fix it in a co like while I'm not looking it, it's perfectly fine. You know? Just like maybe I don't get wet that fast. That doesn't matter. Or maybe we need to stop in the middle for loop. That's perfectly fine. So in the same way, it's fine if you lose your erection or something like that. Because we're doing this together because we like each other and it's fun. So you know that that part can also be fun.
0: Yes. And thank you for saying it. And I mean, this again, being one of the benefits of exclusively having sex with people who really want to be having sex with you rather than trying to convince anybody. Because just like Maple said, if you're if you're both there because you want to be having fun and experiencing pleasure together, you know, bodies are going to body and our bodies feel different on different days. Maybe you're tired. Maybe. There's stress. Maybe there's nothing in particular and bodies just do weird stuff. I mean, I think normalizing that and speaking about it a bit more could actually be really helpful, not just for men in STEM, but for like every human being on planet Earth to just understand like sex very rarely looks like the way it's portrayed in Hollywood.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I for one, will never agree to have sex under like under the cover. Oh, well, I, we can start under, under the cover, but we will both sweat to death if we keep going <laughs> under the cover. It's not humane.
0: <laughs> so there's another one. Stop trying to pull up the covers. Yeah, you know. please
1: don't. Like
0: skin has got to breathe.
1: Like, I mean, I'm having sex with you because I want to have sex with you, not like because you have a dick and I don't want to see the rest of your body. Please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I've seen you, you know.
0: Fascinating, right? Did you take away a lot from that? I know I did. Remember, with the Her Side interviews, this is just one person's story, right? I encourage you to to think about what you can learn from what Maple has shared with us today and also where you can see yourself in this experience. I give all of my Her Side interview guests the opportunity to close with the takeaway message that they would like to share with my listeners. Here's Maple's takeaway message for you now.
1: You have a lot to offer. You really do. And I think that, especially with relationships, I think that people in STEM have something great to offer. But as much as it can be tempting, it can also be important to kind of be... To be very aware of that and to choose people who you know will appreciate it. So, I know that for a lot of people, it can be hard not to get super attached to whoever is kind to them or pays attention to them. But you deserve a thriving relationship with someone who adores you. And sometimes you have to make the hard decision of being clear that with with being clear with yourself that some things are deal breakers like Mm -hmm. people who don't actually appreciate what you want like or what you have what you give and instead maybe just want to feel attractive there are people who date out of insecurity for wanting Mm -hmm. to just feel like they're wanted and in a relationship I think it's I think it's such a waste to have so many beautiful things to offer given to someone who isn't appreciating them. So, you know, be selective.
0: All right, craftsmen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend about it. Also consider subscribing or following this podcast so you never miss an episode And please do consider supporting the podcast on Patreon. It would mean the world, and it will help to keep the lights on and help me continue to expand, bringing you some excellent content. And one way or another, I'll catch you right back here next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to jump right into the sexual craftsmanship process, head on over to sexualcraftsmanship.com backslash friendzone and download your free guide to avoiding the friendzone for good, including five exact scripts you can use today.